guys, we uh, we just interviewed Felicia Day. Yeah. <laughs> How you feeling? Joey, um, I think you should speak first. I'm, my, my adrenaline is starting to, to wear off now. I'm feeling really sleepy, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you know what? I, I kind of yeah. am, too. Tierland's the one looking at us like, it's like still basically yeah. nighttime here. <laughs> you don't know what sleepy is, guys. I got up at 5.45 freaking a.m. for this. I didn't know that it was black outside in the morning. I've learned something new. And now I have to go through the rest of my day. <laughs> I mean, I know you told us this earlier, but I still just hearing you say it makes <laughs> I, I played hockey I've for so many led, years. I'd be up I've at five. I've been led to believe that mornings are beautiful. It's not. <laughs> it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, no. The be- most beautiful thing, bleh, the most beautiful thing in the world right now is my chocolate biscuit because that's giving me a caffeine rush right now. <laughs> but anyway, Felicia, it doesn't matter about me sucking about mornings. Joey, how you feeling? Um. Well, I'm doing quite well, actually, because I've got this nice berry-flavored punch that was strained over frozen berries when it was when it was mixed, and it's also got uh, watermelon-juiced ice cube, ice cubes. So uh, it's, oh, quite, it's quite delicious. Dude, you just, <laughs> dude, you just really connected with Felicia really well on that podcast. Let's be real. Well, you, I, just, you had you had a great podcast. I can't help it, you know. It was fun. It was fun. It was, you know what? And, and I was just, I was telling Tierlin before we turned the mics back on um, that I think that was the first true podcast that we did where we all kind of spoke the same amount. And, and I loved that. I loved the fact that, you know, we all had a lot to say and we were all saying it. And, and uh, I just, I was really proud of you guys. And I think, you know, we just all did such a good job on that one. And, and, and I hope the community likes it. I thought Tierlin was going to like stomp on my foot with, some like Jimmy Choo high heel like shut up let me talk now because I, I I won't lie I felt like once I got started I was like nope this is how Blair is I can't stop when I started I'm not gonna <laughs> shut up now you know my pain <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm so excited right now I'm, I'm totally hogging this well you know I'm making I was making up for you know all that lost connection that the book signing two years ago with my ex-fiance sitting between us <laughs> i'm still a little bit bitter about that yeah that came through i don't know well i i keep running into these situations where i have the opportunity to meet felicia and then i don't um, I did get to meet her last year at San Diego Comic Con, which was awesome. But like even today, we were we were doing some errands, and uh, it's like, okay, you know, we should be home by like two, three o'clock, and we weren't going to record till five. Well, I ended up rolling in the house at four thirty, and I'm like trying not to show it. I'm like super stressed out, going, <laughs> yeah, in my house, my apartment, where I live, where I habitate, where I sleep, where I eat, where I poop, that place. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. So so I'm like, oh my god, not again, not again, not again. Because I mean, with the book signing, I I actually went with a few people to go pick. Because I don't know how your book signings were, uh, or I guess Joey, your book signing. But we had to go and we had to pick like a number. And what they did is they gave us a group, and then that group was assigned a time, and then you had to come back at that time to actually uh, meet her. But uh, I couldn't go that night because I was doing I was going away for the weekend uh, with for friends, and, and the plan was to leave. So. It's like, ugh. like every time there seemed to be the opportunity, something got in the way, um, and I was just sitting in the car going, "It's gonna happen again. It's totally good," <laughs> but it didn't happen, so that's great. Um, the way that the book signing worked uh, when I went to the one in Boston in 2015, um, you—it was basically first come, first serve type of situation. So wherever mm. you were in line determined how soon you were gonna get in. And I remember the line went for blocks. And I, I don't mean just like two or three. I mean, it went on like halfway mm. through the town. And it. I remember why some people were leaving when they did when it went from the theater. Because when you got the ticket to go, because you, you actually had to buy the book, which guaranteed you the ticket to allow you to get your book signed. Otherwise, you couldn't be in the line. So people were leaving her seminar thing about five, 10, five minutes early just so they could get back into line and get an early spot. And I remember we got 
back into the line at 7, and it wasn't until 9.15, two hours later. Now, keep in mind, this is also August, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the East Coast, where humidity loves to hang out. So Born and raised, I understand. <laughs> imagine how terribly hot and sweaty I am by now, and thinking, why did I wear a long sleeve shirt? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, um... No, the, they also said that we couldn't have, like, ask for a personalized message, even though there were other ones that did do that. So they had a, they had a lady come out with post-it notes and said, well, what name do you want her to sign your name as in the book? Because then she'd also put her initials. So I said, you know, Joey. So she wrote Joey and then her initials. So you couldn't have it personalized saying, like, to my number one fan or whatever. Because um, they thought that that was going to take up too much time when it actually was going to be, like, one and a half extra seconds for that to be, like, even fake scribbled but yeah well, again that's, that's i've rambled on i'm the new blair hi welcome to hoopod <laughs> uh, i mean i actually appreciate the way that the toronto signing went is that the uh they, they did the you know the here's your here's your time come back at this time and and i didn't get to go but i mean i was there with my friend jesse and um, I know another friend of mine, Yusuf, was when a few other people, a few other hum- humans drove in. I ran into uh, Tristan Sparling uh, during the day, so uh, he'd come in for that as well. And it was just, it was, it was really cool to have had that and to see the turnout. Like people, they were telling me the same thing in in Toronto. The lineup was huge, but we all had our times. But even still, she was she went through them all, and and I can't believe somebody would actually tell a story that she's been mean because I have never ever heard from a single person that I trust that she's been anything but amazing in any sort of meeting scenario. And we just witnessed it. She was great. I think the <laughs> thing is too. Sorry, I just laughed because it's just a video of Joey and I just going. A couple of bobbleheads <laughs> looking too, back at me. Too afraid to it's talk like, oh, over he's talking each other again. again. <laughs> let, let him keep talking like he usually does. I'm like, nope. It's the I'm new hoop pod. I'm also chewing on, on some Cheez-Its because I hadn't really eaten much of anything today except for two giant Sonic the Hedgehog cups from Michael's <laughs> crafting store worth of coffee. Um, <laughs> That's not food. No, it's really not. Um, what was what was going on again? Oh, yeah. So, no. The thing is, is that some people either by accident take things out of context or they'll purposely put something out of context to get attention. And I think that's probably what might have happened because we all know that Felicia, she'll make like a snarky comment, but she's doing it with a smile and she's doing Mm -hmm. it with the the kind of tone like, look guys, I'm joking. Be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember there was a part of me at one point on one of her streams, she was talking about people who vape. And at first I was like, well, I vape because I gave up smoking, and I know many people will say all kinds of different things. Like it's the same thing. It well, first of all, side note, it depends on what exactly it is you're vaping that makes a difference. First of all, second of all, part of me wanted to take offense to it, but then I realized no, she's really mostly talking about those people who will take a puff and then blow it right in your fucking face, and that to me is disgusting. Even it doesn't matter if it's if it's water vapor or not. Like that's where the problem comes in. So sometimes people don't stop and analyze things because we've we've all come into this world now. No matter how long we've been here, it's in today's society everything is very very quick witted and it's very quick reaction. Whereas 20 years ago, something that was going on in another country you wouldn't hear about for a week, Mm -hmm. and it still took a while to make sure we had all the proper facts before they were exposed. Now it's somebody dies, well, we'll find out in 24 hours if it's suicide or not because somebody posts about it immediately. Yep. There's a lot of people that that are in privileged positions that are clearly leaking sensitive information. And I mean, I understand that, you you know, there's a there's a little bit of, of you know, notoriety that you gather for being the first person to release something into the wild, but there's a reason why a lot of that stuff is kept kind of professional if you will you know i mean we we had i can give a million and one examples of you know people who go to a death scene of a famous person and then before the family is notified a proper cause of death it's leaked on the internet because the coroner's assistant decided he wanted to be a hero that day or whatever it is um stuff like that really bugs me and and the attention thing is something that i totally understand Uh, i remember one of the things i tried to write um 
I basically had a character walk up to somebody who was in a you know a celebrity type scenario and and their whole angle was okay I want to make an impression on her rather good or bad so it's easier to make a bad impression so he was a complete asshole towards her and when she later on calls him on he's like look I just wanted to make an impression I wanted you to remember me and and I remember I I, re I was reading it and I'm like I don't want anyone to see this because that's like the absolute worst thing I've ever heard of. People that would be, and, and that's what trolls are, man. I mean, that's what they do. They're just looking for attention. And, and it's just so sad to me that, they're, that the people honestly think like that. Like really genuinely think like that. I have the perfect idea. Side note, sorry. I was just brainstorming while you were talking. It was inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our Felicia Day episode, because okay, we're recording. We're recording this right now. This is literally like the aftermath, you guys. Yep. Just so you know. So Felicia. Got to make Tierland's morning worth it. Yeah, Felicia Day episode <laughs> is titled Hoopod Forty Three. Felicia Day, the happening. And the Forty Four is what, what happened? is happening. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> because it totally happened, you guys. It really wasn't happened, of our man. Imagination. <laughs> and I, and and you know the the question I asked about the switch over to the Twitch, Jeff had given me that question and, and did not want. He's like, no, no, you can legit ask this question if it's your own. But I just I've been I've been mulling it over. It's like, no, this is his question, and it was a good question, and I wanted to be able to give him credit on that one. Um, I I you know it, it's remember he mentioned it to me. He goes, you can use this one, and I'm like, dude, that's friggin' awesome. That's so good. There's very few people that knew we were actually doing this interview. I don't know how many people you guys told, but I think I can count on this hand the amount of people I, I, I mentioned it to. to my so. mother, my father, my brother, my sister, my dog, my cat, <laughs> the walls, the spiders, the, the dust bunnies, my neighbors, my co-workers, <laughs> TMZ, Jeff Jared. <laughs> I even tried to reach Jimmy Fallon at one point. <laughs> Now, was, I was, was trying really hard to keep it a secret, so I didn't tell anyone except for when I was at a supernatural con, and uh, I was sitting next to a stranger, and I was at that point where I was like, I, I just, I want to, I want to tell someone that I'm interviewing her because <laughs> she didn't know who my name was. I just went, hey, you know what? I'm interviewing Felicia Day in two weeks, <laughs> and she just freaked out, and I felt like a huge weight had been lifting off of my shoulders by telling a perfect stranger what was happening. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's point. no, and that's cool. And that's absolutely, I, I had a, 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 an ounce of fear and now that we're through it, it's gone was that, you know, I've watched her try to do her last two streams and Calliope was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, if Calliope acted up during, you know, any part of the stream, I think that would have, we would have lost her. So, uh, she, yeah, she waited acted, for that hour. She was a lovely little girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was, and and I was I was terrified that we were going to get cut short or have to you know reschedule or something. Uh, I have so many friends with kids, and I've had plans canceled with them an, an absorbent amount of times based on random kid things. It's just the way it is, and mm. uh, I I was I was terrified to tell people for that reason. But uh, yeah, um, I I mean I told close family and I told Jeff. Uh, I didn't even tell my uh, my D and D buddies. <laughs> They're probably going to rip on me for that. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> but um, I think the community in general knew it was coming. Um, the posts that Joey, you know, between Joey and Felicia were were public. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was about a month later. So maybe because it was a month, you know, maybe some people forgot. But, uh, no, that was, that was pretty cool, man. That was really cool. Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, when she first said, yes, email me, I'm like, Oh How? shit! It's happening. <laughs> See, it's Happy happening now. <laughs> I guess we c I could tell this story now that it's that you know the the podcast has been aired. But uh, it all started back in San Diego last year when I did meet her. What had happened is that I was wearing one of my Hoopod T-shirts and I had this mic that you guys can't see because it's a podcast and I'm talking into it. And uh, it's it's a traveling mic that I was interviewing humans with at San Diego, and she approached me. She goes, "So what's the mic for?" And I explained to her, look, uh, I'm part of a podcast. I'm a co-host. Uh, we interview people within the community. And uh, she's like, that's a really good idea. Um, and I go, would you be interested in doing it sometime? I kept it very open-ended. And at that time, she's like, I would really like to do that. I got something I'm taking. 
two things. First of all, she's pregnant at this point, not told anyone. Um, and secondly, uh, MST3K was just beginning, and she was writing for that. So she's like, I got a few projects I'm working on right now. Um, perhaps, you know, contact me at this time frame. And that time frame came, came about, and um, I spoke to her assistant because I, I, ha I was in contact with her assistant at the time. And um, her assistant said, well, you know, she's working on this big project right now. Here's the new timeline. And that big project was was Calliope. <laughs> and um, uh, so then that new timeline came about and she announced that she was pregnant. At that point, I'm like, OK, how I, I should leave her alone on this. I mean, she's a brand new mom. Just, you know, wait for her to kind of come back into the community and look like she's starting to want to do things. Da, 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 da. And, 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 I, and it, it was going to take as long as it took. Uh, she started coming back into the community, started talking about things, wanting to stream, wanting to do a podcast. And at that point, I thought, okay, now's the right time to do it. N the downside was is that her she no longer had her assistant, as you heard through the last podcast anymore. So I didn't really have the in that I once had. Now, we did have other avenues we could have taken. But then Joey had a birthday. <laughs> and um, the lovely Team Human account... Um, mentioned it and it is one of the accounts that felicia pays attention to and and she gave joey actually a pretty personalized birthday message which i thought was pretty cool and and uh joey struck while the iron was hot so they say <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm using that tweet as a direct business quote she says i'm amazing so <laughs> i'm i'm just, she put it out there people i'm just letting you know you can get I'm a job it. anywhere now <laughs> There, there were a couple of questions that we had that we didn't get to. It was just such a good conversation. Um, uh, I didn't want to block anything up. We didn't do rapid fire, as you heard. We didn't, um, and we did a very quick game because we wanted the conversation to be the main portion of that yeah. uh, that podcast, which was awesome. Um, but Terilyn, you just met Felicia mm -hmm. Day. It's it's well, what, I I did meet her. <laughs> I, yeah, I met her properly five years ago and I, I'm very grateful I don't think she remembered <laughs> because it was a very awkward encounter on my end uh, I can't remember if I've shared the story on the podcast before of what I did I don't know have I not sure you, I? you want to choose to yeah I can do it. like it's fine like it's just yeah because I don't in my social have, it was so long ago that you told it that I don't remember so you need to refresh my memory if, I, oh. if you had well I'll tell you. so I had just turned 20 and it was uh, Supernova in Brisbane. I flew all the way uh, from Sydney to Brisbane to meet her and it was pouring buckets. Now, I have a Superman bra that I do like to wear and the dress that I chose to wear was uh, quite transparent only when it rained. So by the time I met Felicia, my hair was flat and I had my Superman bra showing through my dress because it was just absolutely pouring outside. And she was really, really lovely at the time. I said, look, I want to do everything you do. I want to be an author and I want to be able to, you know, make content and write songs and everything. And she was so lovely that she humored me and she said, well, look, could I have your business card? And I, at the time, was doing product photography, which I will never do again because it's the worst job in the entire world. Sorry for photographers who do it, but like I just, the patience, I do not have the patience for it. So yeah, she took my business card. She was really, really sweet. She said that she'd look me up and it just made my day and she was lovely as, but I just know I was a stuttering mess. <laughs> so I tried really hard not to replicate that on this podcast. I don't know how well I succeeded, but um, hopefully my frontal lobe was kicked back on so I didn't seem as nervous. <laughs> you were just as great as you've always been. So on that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Me, I just couldn't stop talking. I was just like, girl, we're, we're like old buddies, <laughs> even though like this is really the first time I'm really getting to truly talk to you. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's the great thing. And, and I mentioned in, in the uh, podcast that when I read her book, it was I felt like I had had that conversation I always wanted to have with her. And that was what was making me nervous about that podcast was I felt that everything – not everything, but most of the things I would have wanted to talk to her about in terms of her career and her journey, mm. she she mentioned in, in her book already. Yeah. And, and, and I felt like 
okay, well, I don't know much of of what's happened since the book. She got into it a little bit, besides, of course, Calliope. Um, but, you know, that I, I didn't know what I should be asking, what I shouldn't be asking. I mean, obviously, she talked about it. She was very open with us, and I thought that was wonderful, uh, talking to us about, uh, you know, her burnout and, and, you know, the fact that she needed to start doing things more for her. And, and, and this was something that, you know, whenever any letters of encouragement went around, or like Charlie Bradbury Project is the one that, that Tristan uh, organized, where the kind of the thank you that they presented to her at the Supernatural uh, Convention down in the U.S. a couple of years ago. It was, I just wanted her to take care of herself, because it seemed to me like she really wasn't. She was doing whatever everyone else wanted her to do, and, and I mean, she was entertaining. To, uh, obviously, she was entertaining me. I was loving her work, but I didn't want her to break herself in the process and and I think she you know she figured that out and she took a step back and and uh, that was probably the, the the thing that I enjoyed hearing the most was she recognized that and she's yeah. now in a better place because of that fact and the thing is it honestly uh, I'm downplaying a little bit but this was a huge deal for me because at, since I was a kid there's always been five people I've always looked up to because I've always wanted to be in the performing arts the late and great Robin Williams the late and great Heath Ledger, Jim Carrey, Jensen Ackles, who I met two weeks ago, and that meeting was just everything I could have imagined and more. He was so, so sweet, and <laughs> I probably won't share too much about that on the podcast because it was a very special moment for me. And then, of course, number one, Felicia Day, who I've been watching since I was 13 years old. So this is literally a childhood dream for me, and she was just lovely. She really what there's no other word for it she was perfect so thank you <laughs> i mean this 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 community is filled with a lot of people that are younger than i am i met i've found felicia in my 20s you know and most people are like Tierland's story or, or joey's story where they were they were younger and she became a big cog in in kind of that entertainment world like it there you almost built around it for me I was bored with the entertainment world that I was dealing with, the, the commercial television, the commercial movies, the commercial music, and, and I just happened to turn to YouTube at the right time, and there she was. And it drew me into a new medium that I have loved ever since. The whole you know, new media, as, as they coin it, uh, to me, it's just, it's, it cares more about the individual. And I think that's where... I get the most enjoyment out of this. It is individually driven and it is becoming more commercial as we go along. Um, the big corporations are getting involved with it. They're putting in the old, same old money makers that, they, that they've done in traditional mini media to this point, which is depressing and shitty. But the good thing is, is that this is still an open frontier and you can just jump to an, another, um, another way of saying it. Like YouTube, she was mentioning not really a great platform anymore. And I have to completely agree with that. YouTube, once upon a time, was an outstanding platform. It just really isn't, in my opinion, anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is hard to get to. It is laden with ads. People just aren't going to it for daily content anymore. Um, she mentioned a great little thing where it's like, hey, we'll give you a little snippet of last night's Fallon show. That is a great use of YouTube at this point in time, but not much else. Yeah. The Twitch medium. Go ahead, Joy. No, you finish your thought first. I, well, my thought was, you know, the Twitch medium made it a lot more interactive with her fans, which was something that was very important to her and something that res the community responded to. And I think there'll always be something else that takes that place as people jump in and commercialize the latest thing. Yeah, um, I'll throw a completely way off topic uh, YouTube content creator, and that's uh, Willem Belli, who was on season uh, four of Paul's Drag Willem. Race. Yes, so he he got <laughs> con beatdown. contracted with a, a YouTube channel for the first season of uh, Willem's Beatdown, but now it's just called Beatdown because now he owns the rights to it, and he's now into his fourth season. But what he does is, the thing is, is that, like Felicia, he earned some credit and stardom beforehand, and then he's now in, you know, doing YouTube content, um... Of course, yeah, it helps to have a fan base prior to that, but he targets a demographic of people who just want to sit there and just watch somebody get read for filth. Like, it, his most recent episode, that while we're recording this, at least it's the most recent episode, is where you have a makeup technician who is in official Mary Kay 
and it's somebody that gets trained to do makeup professionally, and yet she's doing everything wrong. <laughs> it's like, do I really want to take makeup tips from somebody whose nails look like they got done with a chainsaw, and your eyeshadow's going on really crooked, and you're not using proper lighting, and your background is messy? It starts to take that whole professionalism out of it, and that's kind of what he'll do. So, so like, he'll do those, or he'll comment on, like, there was one where he did about kids, and it was the, the little... Um, boy was like, listen, Linda, listen, honey, no, you listen to me. Like, you know, he'll read those kind of videos. But he makes all that content due to Patreon and Kickstarter. And you can't necessarily do that strictly with YouTube the way it used to be. Because before it was, we're just posting videos. Now we're using YouTube as our money maker. Now YouTube has become the bonus content thing it's yeah. it's no longer the money maker it's oh here yeah. and by the way i have this on youtube yeah and, and you know she she said something about you know i just don't want to do youtube videos anymore it's too much work and that's kind of the same way i feel um i i love the youtube medium still not as much as i used to and i want to have motivation to work in it again but i just i don't i don't have it you know i mean this comparatively is so much easier um, not taking away of the hours of editing you do, Joey, not taking away anything from that. Um, but just in, in general, I, I just I find with video, you got to have the right light, the natural light, the fake light. You got to get the camera set up. You got to have, you know, just so many more factors. And then you edit for hours and then you, you shoot X amount of minutes of footage and you somehow have to try to condense it into five minutes or, or less. And it just it, it seems to be a lot of work for a little return. Um, at least what I got out of it uh, personally. Now, I might change my tune on that one day, but right now that's that's kind of where I feel about that. Because I loved YouTube when it first was a thing. But everybody was on it, and everybody was putting content on it. And I think that was the big deal. Is you, I wanted to be part of the party. Well, the party kind of left already. And there's hardly any people putting content on it anymore, at least comparatively, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you look back at things that started up first, you know, you had Open Diary and, and Friendster and MySpace, and then Facebook comes along, and now Facebook is now the ultimate dominant social medium aside from Twitter, which is its own entity. When YouTube was doing that, especially with smaller web series like The Guild and uh, Real Alice and, and um, basically Venturing 101, even right now, a lot of that content in terms of spirit has evolved to higher corporate platforms so like you have original netflix series and hulu and amazon prime so right. that level of creativity evolved into a well this is how we're going to make money in a similar way through our own thing and that's right. how it's worked so now Net you have netflix doing original stuff like they're doing the prequel to the dark crystal which yep. i'm yep. actually really excited to see and then you have all the marvel original stuff mm -hmm. so that's what i feel like youtube kind of created that stepping stone yes for that to happen but the problem I is agree. now is for people like you and me who who are still interested in doing that thing are we able to reach that same kind of platform as everybody else has done it now or did it mm. get immediately closed off somehow? No, I, I think I YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think YouTube is really now just left for us, like the people who just want to put up videos and play around with the medium. Um, I, Classic Alice uh, is a web show that I interviewed um, for my web webisode watch show a long time ago. Kate Hackett, Tony Noto, um, James Brian Isaacs is in it for a bit wonderful wonderful little web series about a woman who uh, reads a book and then kind of and, and the the, pre the premise of the book was that the the protagonist does something and not you know not something happens to them but they go out and they physically do something and she would take whatever that character's deal is and incorporate it into her real life so you would see she would act like there was one season she was dracula and she was very dark and very drawn in and, and sexual and and that and it was very different from what her characters have been in the past and she just uh, so kate who is the showrunner for this and the star it's just airing now on amazon prime that is now the medium for people who put a lot of effort into that that youtube vi video world if you will it's just it's it's a better platform for them they can they they 
they'll be able to actually make money off of it that way. I mean, Felicia was saying that she was, they were making next to no money, if any, off of YouTube. They switched to Twitch and all of a sudden they were making money. Um, it, businesses have to be profitable or else they don't exist. For people who want to play around with, with, with cameras and videos, that's, that's what YouTube is. But I 100% agree with you. It needed to exist so that the new media platform could go to where it, it, it's evolving into, which I absolutely love. Um, the other thing I was thinking about is uh, I'm thinking back to uh, Maya when she was talking about uh, the writing camp that uh, she's part of. So basically, like you're like this quote intern type type of role, mm -hmm. and yeah. they're you know they're quickly showing you the ropes and eventually putting you into the workplace doing you know script writing, which is something that she's yeah. passionate for. Mm -hmm. What I think would be really really amazing because I know that YouTube kind of has their own like paid for thing now in a way it's it's it's, it's a little youtube weird. red or whatever yeah, yeah it, it, well there's that and there's there's original youtube content that you can't watch unless you subscribe to it so they have a bunch of like the bigger youtube stars starting out on mm. it but i'm like i don't know i don't i don't i don't really see a lot of people going for it but what i am curious to see is if uh places like prime hulu and netflix if they implemented some similar type of program like the writer's camp where you submit this really cool idea and if it's liked enough it becomes original series on their platform but it allows you to still be creative about it so you get you get funding you get notice and you can make a return on it while still being out there you know doing what you love well i i was contacted a little bit ago about somebody who a little bit in the know and asked me if I knew anyone who had a web series that was rather brand new or 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 you know being made and basically they it seemed like there was a service be it Yahoo be it Amazon be it whatever that wanted to pick up these series but they wanted to not have to front any of the production costs of the series and they also didn't want it to have already been seen by you know by an audience already so it was a very kind of niche market but they were really looking for shows in that space um, and, and my concern with that is is that again the heavy lifting is being done by the content creator um, whereas the, the you know the multi-billion dollar company just then wants to distribute it so it could be seen and then make all the money off of it that way as opposed to you know here's here's money to your actors and your producers and and your con you know all the people that are there to create content so that you could build a good product first. I agree with you. Like Netflix is doing this. Netflix, you you rather start a project and they like it and they come in and they say, yeah, we'll now distribute you. But um, then you have the Iron Fists, the Luke Cages, the Jessica Jones, where you know from the start that's Netflix money. So I, I think there is you know a little bit A, a little bit of B. Um, I would like to see more of that that B, if you will, though as well. You pitch the networks, the, the Amazon Primes, the Hulus, the Netflix, and they pony it up because really that's, I think, the future of, of media. Eventually, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Australia um, or even in the U.S. really, but here I have to buy a cable package. And I can't modify that package however I want. Like there's little things like, okay, well, I want this very specific channel. Oh, to get that one channel, you need this package of six, and that costs X amount of dollars. I'm like, I just, no, I just want that one channel. I don't really have that flexibility to do it now. Um, well, that's yes or no. I, sh I should backtrack a little bit. You can do that. Now you can say, I just want that one channel, but they're allowed to charge whatever they want for that one channel. Yeah. And what they generally do is charge the cost of the package. So you might as well get the package. So, Same here. Yeah, I absolutely hate that. It's gouging. And new media doesn't have that. You know, I can get a Netflix subscription and a Hulu subscription and an Amazon Pride subscription, and the world is my oyster. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's the world I want to live in when it comes to media. And it's on demand. It's at my fingertips. I can do it whatever I want. Tara Lynn, oh, how you doing? Yeah. Like, how you doing? I'm going you? well. She's like, like I just no, talked to Felicia Day and I'm just, ah. I think she's <laughs> sleepy. Sleepy Tara Lynn. Waking oh, up at 545. <laughs> seeing, seeing her first non-sunrise. And you know what else I learned today? Something I saw has deeply traumatized me. Uh-oh. Blair showed me that milk comes in plastic bags and not cartons. <laughs> just, just, 
I think Just I'm in a new world. I don't know where I am. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the things about Canada that apparently only we do it is we put milk in bags. And, you know, I, I'm sure Joey had heard this before, but Tierlin had never heard of this. So I went and grabbed my carton. I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> she was... I broke Tierland. It was too early for her to see such horrors. I actually have first-hand experience, sort of, with uh, milk in bags, because when I was in middle school, which, where I was at the time, it was 7th and 8th grade, um, in, the, in the cafeteria, instead of getting little small cartons of milk or mm-hmm. juice or whatever, mm-hmm. for a while, it was bags. But our school system learned very quickly that we didn't want to do that anymore because what you could do is after you get the straw in and it's all empty you could blow through the straw expand yeah. the bag and then you could poke mm-hmm. the straw through and you had th- this new toy and that's how we would throw them away we wouldn't deflate them it would all go so you had like these giant trash bags with inflated empty milk bags inside just taking up so much space because yeah uh it didn't quite work out well (laughs) during that time so eventually it went back to cartons and you know i don't know why we started the bag thing really i don't but like i can go buy a carton milk i can buy a liter of milk two liters of milk um i can get jugs in certain areas but you for cost effectiveness (laughs) the way we do is we give you four liters of milk which is separated into three bags and from a cost-effective standpoint that's the best way of buying milk up here um i know it's weird i it, to me it's natural i've done i've seen and done your ways like i hate pouring like jug milk into a cereal because sometimes the jug is too heavy and the cartons aren't bad but it's just a lot of waste uh, comparatively so i don't know <laughs> I'm sorry for the trauma, Tierlin. <laughs> <laughs> it was not my intention. Well, what people at home may not realize is that before we got started, okay, so Tierlin woke up an hour before we got started because of her time zone. So Blair and I, Blair's already gone clothes shopping. I had a total queen moment where I was just like, oh, girl, check these out. You can get this. She wakes up an hour beforehand. She sends us this 10-second video message, and she's just, <laughs> she looks like this little traumatized child who's been doped up on NyQuil, is totally confused as to where she is, and all she can realize and vocalize is the fact that it's morning, but the sun's not out, and it's totally destroyed her world. It did. It was, it was like, I, I'm finally up at this hour for the first time in my 26 years, and what I've been told 25. is a lie. 25 whatever years and what oh, i've been no, told 25. is a lie it's all lies it's true the, the last time i got up early was going back to my last year of high school and i had to I had to sing at 8 30 in the morning which was so not fair because if anyone here is a singer you know how difficult it is to sing in the morning because like i get like a husky kind of like throaty voice when i first wake up cinderella could do it so <laughs> that bitch so i woke up at like i don't know 6.30 and it was red outside and I was like why is it like really foggy and red and I texted my friend and I said is this what morning looks like and he couldn't stop laughing because apparently the one day I got up early Australia was experiencing the worst dust storm in like the last hundred years so <laughs> I couldn't understand it so I got to school and it's all dusty and our eyes are watering and the whole sky is just red. Like it looked like the apocalypse, but it was kind of cool in an eerie kind of way. So as I go in to sing, the drummer comes up and he says, do you want me to drum for your song? Because sometimes when you add more people to your band, you can get higher points just for your HSC, blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, sure, come in. So we went into the performing arts studio and he started to bash the drums as I was singing. And little did we know all the dust had actually seeped in through the windows and there was dust all over the drums, all over the equipment, all over the floor. So when he smashed the kit, dust flew up everywhere. And now don't get me wrong, it looked really effective. I think the markers and the adjudicators thought just, wow, they've gone all out. Like maybe it's like smoke (laughs) effects or something. But I was choking. (laughs) I couldn't breathe while I was trying to sing. And um, that was pretty much my last real memory of getting up early. So as you can imagine, I don't have fond, (laughs) 
spontaneous get, with the morning. What time? Like, okay, the I'm going to give two dates. So on the longest day of summer, what time does the sun set in, in where you are? 22nd of December. That's mom's birthday, who hopefully we should be getting on this podcast soon because she's recently joined Team Human. Um, uh, it's probably about nine o'clock at night. It's dark. Okay. It's very similar to what we yeah. deal with in here. Um, my whole life I've been waking up before seven to go to school. Um, when I was playing hockey in the mornings, I would be up in the fives. Uh, you, I mean, it's weird. You go to bed dark and wake up dark. It's weird. Your brain doesn't process it well, but, um, you, you do get used to it. And most of the time a sunrise is more like a, Oh, someone turned the lights up slowly. Um, you don't mm. get to see the big ball effect as much, at least in my experience. Um, sunsets are always amazing. I, I, I can watch sunsets all day. Uh, the cottage that we have in the family, we are facing west, which is where the sun sets. And uh, it's just unbelievable, the oranges and the reds. and mm. When you see red in the morning, at least up here, that's actually pretty bad. We have kind of a sailor song up here. It's like red sky at night, sailor's delight, red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. Um, it's usually not a good time for people on the water that day. Okay. Isn't that interesting? I very rarely see the transition, so I only see the sunset on weekends because I work until 9 o'clock at night some nights, depending on who my private lessons are. Um, but, yeah, I much prefer the sunset because being a night owl, it's kind of like, oh, the sun's going down. The creativity's about to spike. But this was nonsense. <laughs> yeah, this was a I know really what that's like. boring way to get up. <laughs> it's like just a dimmer switch. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying to Blair earlier, because my um, partner gets up at 5.45 every morning to go to work. He's a geologist. And it was the first time we'd ever been up early together. And, you know, like, none of, like m- most of us are at our most... Um, physically vulnerable early in the morning (laughs) so I feel (laughs) so I feel we got an accurate representation of what we'll look like in about 50 years and I think that's healthy for our relationship we got through it (laughs) the fact that that's like your first hurdle at five years you have so many hurdles there are so many barriers to drop still (laughs) some of them should never drop but they do drop anyway uh, I think there's been a lot that's been dropped. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. So, on an, uh, a different note, and I just I figured since it was brought up in the last couple of podcasts and whatnot, so I've been checking out some movies. I finally caught up on all of the Marvel movies, save for X Men Apocalypse, First Class, and Logan. Those are the only ones I haven't seen yet, just because mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do have First Class, and I have the regular Wolverine movie, but I don't have the other two yet. Um, So I also got to see the first half of Beauty and the Beast. And here's, here's the thing. It wasn't so much that I had an issue with Emma, although I feel like they could have done better takes with her. I felt like they, they ran. It was like, okay, this is our practice take. And that's the take that they used. I was like, I'm not really feeling it right now. And the music that they gave Beauty and the Beast was more from the Broadway, and that was how they portrayed it on film. And that's not... I'm not saying that's bad, but it wasn't the Beauty and the Beast that I was prepared to see, because I prefer the straight-up Disney original animated version. I don't care for the Broadway rendition of it. And it threw me off so bad, I had to stop halfway through. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to walk away. I'm like, no, it's not that the (laughs) movie's bad, it's just not for me. Yeah, and it, I think visually it was spectacular, and that's what a lot of the appeal was, I think. I love your forehead, Tierlin. Yeah, this is the greatest. You guys can't see it, but we're just all we can see is Tierlin's forehead at this point. And it was just <laughs> bouncing. I think she's checking out her eyebrows or something. I can't quite figure it out. Yeah, the waxer botched him. <laughs> was, was it the one from the brothel story you told us? It's from the same place, but it was a different waxer from there. <laughs> you have you you seriously just need to have stories by Terrilyn and just all the random shit that's happened to you. <laughs> what did you call the mini tornado, the willy willy or whatever? It's called a willy willy. Like it's not just me. It's a willy willy. 
reminds me, speaking of Willy, getting the willies, no. anyways. No. Um, I finally got to see Lights Out. Oh, did you like it? Everyone else, I've... S- oh, wait, no, wrong. Yeah, I haven't one. seen it yet. What did you think of Lights Out? Lights Out, okay, for anybody who doesn't know, was based on the two le- less than two-minute video that went around social media of when you flip off the, the lights that you can see something in the twilight, like a shadow, and it just gets closer mm-hmm. and closer. Yeah. Well, Warner Brothers got a hold of the person who did it, and he was involved and wrote, helped write the script and everything. I have to say it was probably one of the most original, scary movie storylines that I have seen hit the screen in a long time. And mm. when I watch scary movies, I like to do the whole classic thing, lights off, all you see is the light from the screen, and about five minutes into this movie, I'm, t- I'm not even kidding, I was like, nope. Foot's not going over the edge of this. I'm not getting up to go to the bathroom until the credits hit. I am not moving. Anybody knocks on the door, I'm going to freaking scream. I was like, I'm not moving. And for an 80-minute movie, based on over how lame and saturated Hollywood has gotten, was really good. <laughs> Sorry. What? I'm just laughing. No, I'm laughing because my cat's on me and because she's black. And my shirt's black. All I saw were these eyes, like where my boobs should be. Cat eye boobs. There you go. <laughs> Look at her. It, it, it's cut <laughs> off for us. We don't see it. <laughs> oh damn it! It's funny. Oh, she's good now. I offended her. But yeah, no. Lights out was really good. The other one that I think what other, you might have been thinking of originally for a second was uh, Don't Breathe. No, no, it was Get Out, but but by all means, talk to us about Don't Breathe. Uh, well, I haven't seen Don't Get Breathe it. yet either, but uh, Don't Breathe is the one where uh, these people are going to try to rob this blind man's apartment, and it turns out he's like Daredevil at age 60, oh, and he's shit. got traps set up, and the door's you locked, stick. and you can't get out. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I always find the best horror is the stuff that plays with your mind. Um, it's, it's not the gore. It's not the will I get killed. It's, 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 well, no, it is the where will I get killed. The whole psychological messing up with you. Like Doctor Who, for those of you who watch, the budget on Doctor Who isn't that big a deal. And, 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 you know, Doctor Who is produced by the BBC. The BBC is a government funded radio or television station. So that's government money that they're making that show off of. So you're not going to get the best of the best on that show in terms of graphics they do fairly good with what they got but they also tend to try to save their money for their end of season like their finales um the best scariest by far villain on doctor who are the weeping angels and i will go to task yep. to anyone who who doesn't want to that disagrees with me and there's nothing to these angels they're just statues that when you look away from them and turn back they're closer and they're closer and it's the same sort of thing and then they get these kind of fanged like faces when they're really close but if they touch you, they put you out of time, I think it is. They just kind of... Yeah, they, they uh, send you... Okay, what they do is the way that their existence works is they feed off of the life that you would have had if they didn't touch you and send you to another pl- point in time. So oh. if they hadn't touched me and I was going to live to like 80 and be the, this big famous movie star, all of that energy is what they feed on when they send me back to at random, say, 1936, or right. the, the, the time that Christ is born or something. They, they feed right. on what would have been. They did a really good job with two of the companions. Um, it, was, it was a finale, and, and every it had, been, it had been announced that you know they were leaving, but it looked like they were going to wrap it up with a nice happy ending, and the two companions were married, and um, the one companion, unfortunately, wasn't paying attention and got caught by a weeping angel, while his wife, who was the other companion knew that she was saying goodbye to the doctor for good and he and he didn't want her to do it but uh she she chose her husband which was the running thing with that arc was she used to always choose the doctor over the husband and then when you know it really came to like brass tacks she chose her husband over the doctor it was probably my favorite um story they had that was the amy pond um, and what I can't remember Arthur Darby's character's name. Rory, thank you. Um, I thought that was the best goodbye of any of the companions. I, I thought uh, some of them have had some horrible, horrible goodbyes, but that one was really, really well done. And and uh, I really liked um, I really liked those characters. And but I got to see I get to see them in other things now, and that's the beauty beauty thing. They made such a mark that other people are hiring them to do their work. And 
And that's the sad thing about the, the Rose Tyler character, who is my favorite companion of all time, is I don't... I mean, Billy, I think she's doing Penny Dreadful right now, if, if maybe... But uh, I haven't got into that. I haven't got into that show yet, and I really liked Billy Piper on Doctor Who, so I miss her. But I also miss D- David Tennant as well. Kind of wish they bring like if they're not going to do something smart, like make the next Doctor a female. <laughs> you okay, Daryl? <laughs> Sorry, the cat just pulled out my earplug. <laughs> Um, then, you know, it would be pretty interesting if they, I think they were talking that Matt Smith might come back and play Doctor Who again, and that would be really kind of cool. That, you know, maybe they start going backwards that way, but then, you know, (laughs) when Matt's done, hey, David, you free? (laughs) Do some weird time shit. But, um, anyways, guys, that's, that's, that's a good 50 minutes that we've done here, and that was awesome. Um. Now we're gonna we we were gonna want to continue to have who pods for you guys. We want to get to know you guys. There's lots more people within the community and the performing side of things. There's people that we want to bring in and interview that aren't necessarily in our community that we think that you guys might want to meet. That might we can maybe convince to be a part of the community or become fans of. Um, we have some authors. We have some content creators. We have people's moms. Um, there's, <laughs> there's there's lots of people that we want to be interviewing uh, moving forward. I mean, yes, we. Interview interviewed Felicia Day today, but that's not the end of the Who Pod. We are uh, committed to putting out more episodes for you guys and, and really growing and seeing where we can go. So um, I guess until next time, guys, take care. Bye. See, I can't sing in the morning. I couldn't even get my vibrato. <laughs> Find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and Hoopod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9pm Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube, just search his name, that's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it. On YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolyn at Tiz Thunder on Twitter, Tyrolyn Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolyn Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T Y R O L I N P U X T Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. <laughs>